tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh yeah, here we are again. Episode 7, our After Buzz After Show for High Profits, the CNN original series. We are here again. I'm Steph Z. I got Meredith Placco here. Hey, guys. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking about this show again. Mm. Um, along the way, if you guys want to tweet us, if you're watching live or even after the show to keep the conversation going, you can tweet me at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. Where can the people tweet you? You can find me at M-P-L-A-C-K-O. Which is the M Placco. All right, guys, we are here. This is a big, big episode. Number seven, of and for the people. In a few minutes, we have Elizabeth Lawrence calling into the show, which is going to be really amazing to see her her journey, man. Yeah. She's kind of been all over the place a little bit, and she, I, I appreciate her heart. Well, you know, she's this, this council is made up of so many different people, young and, and seasoned. And, you know, I think she tried to do the best she could, but it's, it's tough. And, you know, yeah. I think this episode, we really saw, uh, the level of small town politics and, and what money can do. Uh, well, it's interesting because it's, is it small town politics or is it just politics? I, I, because I know it wh- is. Whether it's small or large, I feel like this kind of thing is what happens uh, in politics all around. It, it is. You know? Actually, I was explaining this to my, my boyfriend on the, the ride up here today. And, and uh, you know, because we're, we're recapping the episode in the car. And I had mentioned, you know, what had happened with, you know, them with uh, Mike and, you know, gathering all that much money to go for the anti-Main Street uh, pot shop initiative, marijuana shop initiative, and, you know, how, how that sort of affected everything. And I was telling Greg, and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, this is the same thing. We see this happening in Capitol Hill all the time. But, you know, this was a, a much more direct uh, approach of seeing it. Yeah, I think more direct, yeah, I think also more relatable because yeah. it was a smaller election, yeah. you know, and again, we're talking about the special election to see if Brian and Caitlin get to keep the Breckenridge Cannabis Club on Main Street, um, you know, and we've only watched, I'm very curious to see what happens now. We learn in this episode, you know, not to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. Um, we learn in this episode that they lose the vote. Yeah. So we're, we'll we'll get through there and we'll get there. But, um, you know, I, I do, I feel like it is a little bit more tangible because it's something that you could see yourself being a part of and actually seeing a direct change. I feel like a lot of times when we vote on the higher level, there's not an instantaneous yeah. direct victory or, you know. I, I feel like this episode and this whole series has really showcased what politics is all about. And I, I hmm. understand because the subject matter is so controversial. But, you know, as in being a bunch in, well, of random people having a really important role in other people's lives. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I'm saying like on an educational front, I've learned more about, well, that's not true because I, I worked in the news industry, but that aside, if I hadn't, 
you know, been involved in politics. I've learned more about politics watching this than I did in any high school class. And I feel like totally true. Yeah. And I feel like there's there's a lot to be taken away from this whole series. Right. Um, and and I, especially on the political level, oh, it's just I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings, which, again, is why this show, one of the reasons it's so great and it's one of my favorite docuseries mm-hmm. is because, again, the this what the docuseries is about is in question. Yeah. Not that it's in question, but it's about so many different things. Yeah. That's what I mean to say. It's about the legalization of marijuana. It's about small town politics it's about growing pains of a business there's so many things so i really feel like no matter who you are Mm -hmm. you can relate to this show and get educated which kind of makes me happy yeah it's it's i mean cnn we've said it from the beginning has done something new and outstanding with this series and i'm i'm really glad that it got greenlit and we get to see the you know right. what, what happens, and it's it's definitely made me want to go visit Breck. I know I'm uh, well, I'm for yeah. sure going. Um, you know, when we start off this episode, we can get this part um, talked about mm-hmm. with the with this final inspection. And I again, you know, I've said it once, I've said it twice. Brian, you know, I really like Brian. I think he's a smart guy. I mean, uh, you know, this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There's a question. There's some, again, mm-hmm. flaws in, in this episode that we'll get to. But I like the fact that they're like, okay, we don't want the cameras this time following. Because he's yeah. like, we need to get this inspection passed because we're screwed. Mm-hmm. We have nowhere. Like, we're just screwed. Yeah. So, like, all right, guys. You know, and he's just a class act to me. Yes, maybe I don't agree with some of his decisions, again, which we'll yeah. get into. And, yes, maybe I I definitely would have planned things differently. Yeah. But... He's a class act. No matter what happens, he keeps it together. He keeps going. And he also supports Caitlyn mm-hmm. always. So not only does he have to keep himself together, he keeps her together. And he just, he doesn't lose his cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, he remains really calm and collected throughout most of it. And he, he just, he's got a really great head on his shoulder. And it's it's really good to see that because, you know, we see kind of everyone else around him, be it, you know, Caitlin or, you know, even Catherine, they all have, you know, the council members, they all have their moments where they kind of like, what do I do next? And, and it's great to kind of see Brian is, you know, it's, he's the star of the show in many ways because he, he can own it and he can own himself. And I, I really love how he's able to support his girlfriend, his coworkers. And in many ways, he supports a lot of the people in the town. He does. And I, yeah, I appreciate Mm -hmm. him for that. But um, again, I don't know that yeah. I agree with some of his decisions. I feel like the um, s- sleeper star of the show is Catherine. Yeah, um, which you can see. And I just got the uh, I just got the memo or the not the memo the the hand signal mm-hmm. I guess from our awesome engineer Stephen that Elizabeth Lawrence is on the line joining us for the episode. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi there, Steph. Thank you so much for calling. We're so excited to have you as part of our show. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm honored. And I'm sorry, who's with you today, Meredith or Andrea? I Meredith is with me. Uh, unfortunately, Andrea, she got a job that made her <laughs> travel. Yeah, and I did know that. Okay, well, hi, Meredith. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Um, so, 
Elizabeth, I mean, this <laughs> episode for you, man, your life's been a little bit of a roller coaster, huh? It has. And I just want to echo something Catherine said when she spoke to you, and she also tweeted about this, that the drama in real life was so much more dramatic than what they actually showed on the episodes. And, and that is true. I mean, every bit of that is true. Um, watching this, even friends, family, uh, said, gosh, the show made it seem a lot nicer than it really was. So, um, and I know that it seemed dramatic on the show, but believe me, in real life it was worse and much more of a roller coaster. Um, but it was condensed, you know, into eight episodes, and so it's kind of hard to get all the story in there. But um, it, it has been a roller coaster. I'm so grateful now this is all behind us and we can move forward. Right, and again, just so that you know, we haven't seen episode eight yet. So we'll mm-hmm. talk. Oh, I thought we were discussing seven and eight today. No, just seven. Because originally we were going to do two episodes um, every time we did a show. But because we got so much support from you guys and we had a lot of guests every show, we decided to do you know one episode per show so that we had more time to talk about everything. Um, okay, so, okay. I mean, and again, like like we've read the news. Like yeah. we know some of the stuff. Like we get that, Brian. Of and course. Kate, you know, but in the same of sense. Course. You know, some of the juice, if so there's then something... help me only because I haven't seen episode seven since it originally aired, just so I don't get ahead of myself. You might have to set the context a little bit. Okay, so, so, so um, pretty much the storyline is this is when we as the viewer find out that they lose the vote. So it, it okay, opens, yeah. it opens with, uh, you talking to, I believe, your child, um, about what's right. You have, um, you know, a little bit going back and forth again with all the council members, but we're kind of left at, you know, the, the council meeting where everyone is, not everyone, or whoever's running the meeting is like, can we just wrap this up so CNN can take its cameras and get out of here, pretty much, is what they were saying. Correct. So we're kind of there, and, you know, this was the episode that I feel like there was a lot of, inf- not influence, but uh, talk about the black market and things of marijuana and what it would do for and against Breck if it was moved. Like, it kind of just explores all that. Sure. I absolutely believe that. You know, when I was talking to my daughter in the episode, and you also don't see this in the show, but it actually, while we were filming, it was kind of a major part. It didn't make it in there. But um, my home that I own, my condo, was actually next door to the Airport Road marijuana shop. Oh, wow. And it's interesting that they left that part out because it was actually such a major part in that. And we had owned that home, so Zoe had grown up next to that. And, you know, it's safe, it's been fine, it was quiet, etc. And so we had had conversations about it. She knew Brian and Caitlin. We became friends for this process. Allie, Lauren, you know, a bunch of people that worked at the store. Those became people that we were friends with. We would see downtown and we would give them a hug, etc. So she was so much aware of the situation, but it really required us to have a bigger situation and conversation. You know, it really should be treated like alcohol. And that is how the state of Colorado's voters originally passed it. It should be taxed and legalized in the same manner as alcohol. That was what was written in our amendment to tax. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Yes, and so it's important to have that conversation with my daughter. It's just like alcohol. You have to be 21. These are the rules around it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you don't walk down the street drinking a beer. 
normally, you know, <laughs> the same way you're not going to walk down the street smoking a joint. You do it in the privacy of your own home, etc. And for certain legalized places. And so it was really a bigger conversation than that. But it has also really affected her because it was, we do live in a small town, you know, it's about 4,500 people, and she understood what was happening. Right. And how old is your daughter? Um, she's nine. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, you know, puts the context that this is something that parents can talk about with their children. And, and it's funny, I feel like children are so much less judgmental than adults so if you te- if you i feel like they're the, the easiest people to talk to in a way yeah. where, where a lot of people make it that talking to the children would be the hardest thing but it's like if you talk to your child in a way and explain them and educate them in a way they're not going to combat you because you're their parent and they trust you and if you put it in a way so that's kind of interesting that at nine years old she kind of understood and I believe it's harder to talk to teenagers about mm-hmm. it. And it's one of those things, the earlier the better. You know, this is different. This is a legal substance here. And this is what you need to know about it. Right. Oh, well, that's very interesting. So, okay, so as we go through, what do you think... Um, so th- for me, this is kind of the meat of, well, besides everything that you say, and, and we'll do that, what, you know, we'll get into the council people right after this, but the big thing for this to me is, what did you think about Brian and Caitlin's efforts to campaign? You know, I mean, and again, you know, you were there, you lived this, so you might have more knowledge than us, but to me, as a viewer, it seems like it would, like... Well, I can't understand why they didn't campaign more. Of course. So there are two sides to this. One, I was highly disappointed in having a background in political campaigns. I was disappointed that Brian and Caitlin didn't do more. I offered suggestions. I had told them, and it kind of fell on deaf ears in a way. Again, I became friends with them because of this process. I didn't know them before. It was only after all of this and we were going through it, that I somewhat became their ally in a way. And they are very dear to me, And but at the same time, sometimes naive in yeah. a way. And they were naive in this situation about what they needed to do to campaign. And it was so little in comparison to the opposition. Um, so that was one part of it. There was a second part that was left out of the show, and I can understand why this was. So CNN had released a trailer about the show, also known as a sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. That was released during the campaign. The trailer, if you would have, I don't know if you ever saw it, it was awful. It would make you Whoa. <laughs> uh, be against BCT. It showed, you know, Brian kind of rolling around with money, and it just made it look like a bunch of stoners in a bad place. You know, we really don't want this on Main Street. So that trailer came out during the campaign and got widely distributed. So people said, oh, because of this, because of the way the trailer looks, there's no way I can support this business staying down there. Wow. That changes things. That's a game. Yeah, that's very interesting that that is a... And at one point, Brian and I had had a conversation, you know, about a week after the trailer was out. And he was like, do you understand that it was edited in a way. I'm like, I absolutely understand. I still support you guys. And I said, I need you to know how much this is going to hurt you. And you have nothing in your back pocket to combat this. You do not have a PR plan. You do not have a campaign plan 
to come out. And really what the campaign should have been was about that free market capitalism, and it wasn't. That's the, that should have been mm-hmm. Brian's stand, not about marijuana, not about how it helps people that are sick. That part needed to be out of it. This was about business. And if you would have played to the voters that this is a business decision and that council is kicking off a business that had been there five years, I think the campaign would have been totally different. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's so interesting that you say that because I feel like CNN, and again, I haven't seen that since so real, but I feel mm-hmm. like CNN has done such a great job to not make it a stoner show. So it's interesting oh, that correct. maybe that's... just a sizzle reel that came out earlier, yeah. like yeah. in maybe November. And, and, and that is just changing. Which was yeah. uh, which was in relative relative. It was like a month before the vote. Yeah. It, well, and generally speaking, um, when the scissor rolls, I don't know if CNN cut it or if Batbridge cut it because sometimes those scissor rolls are done by the production companies. Um, at least that's been my experience when working uh, with reality and docu stuff. So that's that's interesting. Um, oh wait, we lost Elizabeth. Oh, no. Elizabeth, please call us back. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that is very, very... All oh, right. So we'll wait. Yeah. We'll, we'll get Elizabeth back. I don't know why. That's so fascinating because, you know, the, the soul, um, the other... Um, soul Shine. Soul, soul Shine shop with the controversy where they had one of the partners who got arrested in Tennessee came out around the election. And I thought that was kind of what threw it. But knowing that... Well, but that, that's just so interesting, too, because you think about it and you think about the news mm-hmm. and, and stuff that I've read and, and I'm sure, you know, other people have read you being in the news. It's like there is a tactic of distraction for news sometimes. Like I read this very interesting article um, that was like the day Caitlyn Jenner came out or the the vanity fair yeah. or whatever she posed on um all the things you missed in the news because everybody was focused on this and like one of them was that we had you know 95% of people TSA failed yeah, because and, people, and, so and it's it, like it, news it, can be played in a way but people to, make it seem like it's like we have a big cabal back like you know this the secret illuminati organization it's like we're going to hide the real news from the people it's like no it's it's because news is a it's a it's a profit medium. You have to put out what people want. And if people aren't tuning in for the TSA story, but they're tuning in for the Caitlyn Jenner story, what story are you going to air? What are, what well, are you going to get your viewers? Because the, there's but in this- the same sense, that's we might have to agree to disagree yeah. on this one because in the same sense like you, as a news agency you have to put out the news not only the news that people want to see you don't have to though it's, but you should that's, I you, think should. you should oh, no, I agree yeah. you totally should oh, is she back? are you back Elizabeth? okay I'm back on Yay! All right, so, so we Sorry about that. I'm not no sure worries. what happened. But, no, I think the show was done wonderfully, and it really shows mm-hmm. both sides of the issue, and it was beautifully done. Yeah. The trailer that came out in the fall was so different than That's interesting. the later, you know, promos of the show, et cetera. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. So ha- what are your feelings um, on, you know, Catherine and Catherine's attempts to – you know, tell Brian that he kind of pretty much is going to lose, that he needs some sort of campaign. I mean, we had Catherine here. I had the privilege to go have dinner with her and get to know her a little bit better. Um, I think she's a great, smart businesswoman. And I know that, you know, Brian might not have trust her intentions, and she's holding her cards a little bit close. But, you know, right. she also was, you know, one of the most brilliant things she said in this episode for me was that Brian was looking to lose $600,000 a month. 
So if I was going to lose $600,000 a month, I'd at least spend $500,000 yeah. on a campaign. He spent $800. Right. So what All right. And now, that was a good point. Catherine and I had philosophical differences on the issue of the monopoly and Brian having a, mono- having a monopoly and then the, versus the airport road stores. You know, there's a backstory. Brian had been down there, downtown, for five years. That was his conscious business decision. The stores on Airport Road made a conscious business decision to be on Airport Road. That was their choice. Uh, yeah, I, it is I, not I, I agree my with you for that. Job, yeah, it's not my job as an elected official to correct the business mistakes of someone else, right? Yeah, fair. That's what happens all the time in business and real estate, etc. Sometimes you make a good choice. Sometimes you make a bad choice. Those airport road stores, in hindsight, realized they probably made a bad choice by being on airport road once retail marijuana became legal. Right. I didn't feel that that's what we needed to correct, meaning as a council. So I was all about baby steps in this from the beginning. Let's allow BCC to stay downtown for a year, and then let's revisit the situation. And that's really where Catherine and the airport road source came in and said, no, 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 that's a monopoly. That argument just didn't work with me because they had a choice five years ago, four, three years ago, and they just chose not to do it. Yeah, I, I think we we agree with you because mm-hmm. we've talked about that, you know, on the show as well. And I, I kind of do agree 100% with you that, you know, Brian decided to weather the storm and, and, and ride it out right. to sea and these other people didn't because at that point in time, there could have been more than one on Main Street. There could have been yeah. a completely different fight. Yeah, at one point we had three. Right. And mm-hmm. then what did they just went out of business? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Third uh-huh. question, you know, different things. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, the fact that Brian and Caitlin figured out a way to stay there, and I'm sure, and you know them way better than I do, I'm sure that it was Brian, you know, being the cheerleader of Ride This Out, because yeah. it seems yeah. like Caitlin kind of just went along with it, but was a little bit more fragile in the situation than Brian. Yeah, but she's a lot more savvy, business savvy, and tough than she came off in the show. <laughs> oh, really? That's she good doesn't to hear. Really, yeah, she doesn't really put up as much BS, if you'll let me be frank. Yeah. So, no, yeah, we like her. Um, and like myself, I mean, she's emotional. I was a crier, too. She's a crier. It's not a bad thing. We're both very passionate about what we were doing. Well, so. and it, it was, she's tough when she needs to be. Yeah, and it was at a really high, stressful time. And, I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to be emotional, if you know, at some point. And the cameras just have to catch the time she was really emotional. Yeah, well, and again, I'm sure that's a little bit of the, um, you know, way that they played out. But I feel like, you know, I like that, uh, yeah. not Elizabeth, that's you, um, that <laughs> Caitlin. Caitlin did like you said, allow us to see mm-hmm. that vulnerability because we all deal with it differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, I cry at sports. I do when the people win. I guess so. We, no, I cry when they win. Aww. It's crazy, but I get oh, it. Right. Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, correct me um, if I'm wrong here, but with Brian and Caitlin's fight, they never were fighting to have a monopoly. They just wanted to stay and they never once said no one else can come. Correct. To okay. Correct. Yeah. Yes, they weren't fighting to stay on their own. It was more just to allow their business to day. Yeah. And and that's where I said the baby steps. Let's just keep them down there for a bit. Mm-hmm. And to me it didn't matter who it was. 
it could have been anyone else owning that store, but it was more about whoever was there, keep them down, and we can slowly ease into this. Yeah, which is interesting because it's almost like no matter which way you slice it, Brian and Caitlin lose. They were the ones that stuck it out for the longest amount of time. And even if they would have got to stay on Airport Road, and I don't think it would have happened right away, but other shops could have. Oh, you mean Main Street? Uh, yeah, Main yeah. Street, yeah. sorry. Correct. Other ones could Correct. have come yeah. in. Other shops could have slowly mm-hmm. come down. Right, so it maybe their profits would have come down anyway. But um, the fact that it became such an issue, you know, they were just bound to lose one way or another, yeah. really, which kind of sucks because they were the ones that, mm-hmm. which you see a lot that happens. It's, you know, how many people put in hard work and get screwed? Like, I feel like they kind of got screwed a little bit. Anyone agree with that? Right. Disagree with that? No, I, I, oh. yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel okay. like, I feel like it was a lose-lose situation and, and the problem with it being so, publicized, you know, CNN aside, just the local media probably, you know, glomming onto it like they would. Um, it just, it, it seemed like the, the issue at hand, which really was about a a city voting on what business could stay downtown or not, you know, was uh, undermined by the, uh, what the business was selling. Right. Wow. Okay. So I have um, some questions for you, Elizabeth. I'm really oh. curious how do you get to be a part of this council? Like, how was this council formed? Oh, sure. So it's basically like most other city council campaigns in the country. I mean, we run. I mean, it's a campaign, and we're elected. And oh, wow. uh, when I ran April of 2014, um, eight people ran for three open seats. We all have at-large seats here in Breckenridge. We had one incumbent that was running, Mark Burke, and then Aaron and myself were the two new people elected. So, again, eight people ran, three of us were elected. Hmm. Right. Yeah. That's just really... And every two years, we have a new election. And do you... And so th- this, Go ahead. So, well, April of 2016, and there will be two council seats after re-election and then a new mayor. Oh, and is this something, again, because we kind of just closed the show, and I don't, I don't know if it's something we see in episode eight or not, but I'm, I'm curious and I want to know anyway. Yeah. Is this something that you think will come back up in election, or do you think this is, you know, dead and buried? Mm, I don't think it's dead and buried. Um, and I don't know if it will necessarily come back up. Of course, I will be honest, like most politicians, we question our decisions and if this will hurt us in a future election. And I did think about that a lot. And I realized I couldn't lead my life and have my decisions guided by whether or not I was elected again. And I really needed to do what I believed in. And I would hope in 2018, when it's time for re-election, this does not come back to haunt me in any way. But we'll see. And hopefully our community has moved on. Um, I don't want to spoil episode eight, so there are I have so many great facts and figures for you um, after that. But maybe I'll have to call in next week and we can discuss. Yes, we'd love that. Um, Well, that's just really interesting the way the whole thing really works. Um, Well, marijuana wasn't an issue in our campaign necessarily. Mm -hmm. If someone would have asked me during the campaign. How do you feel about changing 
the last council's decision in allowing BCC to stay, and I was asked that a few times. I was very honest. I absolutely believe they should be able to stay. Yeah. yeah. And but we have you and again I don't know you know how much of this you want to talk about or not and if you don't it's totally fine. But we have <laughs> we see your journey a little bit of being totally for it then you know you're there's a I don't know if pressure is the right word but there's you know um pressure for lack yeah. of a better word of you know outside people to organizations and stuff that you had to deal with and then there was a little bit of you know, not that I don't feel like you ever were against the marijuana, but I feel like maybe there was a nervous energy about what you were saying and how it would affect your job, your life. But then in this episode, we see you've and again, we don't know the exact timeline of that that's happened, but we see mm-hmm. that you you kind of got over that. And you're like, you know, I feel like people are being misled. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, was it a lot and you said it was a lot dramatic and a lot worse than maybe we saw. So what what was that really like? Like, what are some of the things that you kind of had to deal with? Sure. A lot of pressure. And I was so guided because I'm a single mom. I, I don't have someone else's income to depend on. And I couldn't lose my job. And I was very, very scared of that, you know. And... My job means a lot to me, and it's really that I have two full-time jobs. You know, here as an elected official in Breckenridge, it's not paid like a full-time job. It's not really a full-time job, you know. You more do it because you love it and you really care about the community, and um, you want to be in the public sector. But I have a day job that I go to, and there were some threats against that. There were quite a few, and... I was so nervous about losing that job and how things would go down there. It did sway me for a bit, you know, as far as putting it to a vote. Right. I was really honest about regretting putting it to a vote. That wouldn't have changed anything. It just would have been Aaron and myself. Right. So still, that wouldn't have changed much. But um, It was almost better that you changed it to a vote in a way because then you put it in the hands of Brian and Caitlin Mm -hmm. to go campaign and make it work for themselves. Because, like you said, the only ones that would have voted for it are you and Aaron. Right, right, yes. I mean, unless, as a council, we would have had more of an opportunity because, and I don't know if you quite picked that up, but originally the vote was 4-3, meaning Ben, Mark, Aaron, and myself had all agreed that Brian and Caitlin could stay. And this happened in summer of 2014. Okay. We received so much pressure, and Wendy and Gary and John said 4-3 is too close. That's not a mandate. We need to have a bigger majority and all be on the same page about that. Oh, it really yeah. drug out. We can see for months and months and months. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of... That kind of, I mean, I, I remember the 4-3, but yeah. I feel like it was a little bit more fuzzy of why it why the four like majority is majority yeah i mean we just had you know the supreme <laughs> right. court rule of four three right or and, yeah. yeah like and it's or five four and it yeah. stands so that's and that's original, pretty interesting and, well and this is what also changed that the original four three was for brian and caitlin mm-hmm. hmm. then enter well for bcc to be able to stay then enter Catherine, who said oh no 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 that's not fair you're giving them a monopoly and oh, that's where thanks. everything blew up Catherine, the culprit, uh-huh. threw him a curveball. 
Wow. He did throw a curveball. Just, you know, there would be a monopoly. Let me represent the airport road stores. You can't allow one store to stay without the others coming down, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's where the whole conversation changed. But was and, it, was it, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Was it that the 4-3 said, did the 4-3 vote include the that more stores could come on Main Street? Or was it just that Brian and Caitlin could stay? No, that specific 4-3 vote in June of 2014 was just that BCC could stay. So that's why Catherine was yeah. like, you know, br- why does Brian get to be the only store that's allowed to be on Main Street and make yes. all the money? Yes. Got it. Yeah, I might be pissed about that, too, if I was someone else. But, I, I mean, again, it's like seniority. Yeah. I, I would understand that as a business owner. I might be upset about it, but I would understand I would the just, logic behind it. I would have, ri- like, wrote it out and just wait to see and then hope, you know, when that, that time frame was up, try to push for more stores. You yeah. Know? And it's interesting to me, too, because I feel... And I don't know how you feel, you know, Elizabeth, you're way more connected to it than I am. I feel like, you know, one day in the next five years, there'll be a cannabis shop on Main Street. I feel like in in some way, shape or form, the way that, you know, the regulations or lack of or whatever are happening, that this will happen. And I was just very curious as to if Brian and Caitlin kind of got like first dibs to go back if that was to be passed. Did that ever come Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what will happen there. Um, I, I can't predict. I would have never guessed that a simple question about marijuana would have changed our town so much and, and caused such divisiveness in our town. And um, Is the feeling so- different there now? Because I've been to Breck a few times. I haven't been since this show, but is can you feel that change? No, it was just during the campaign. That's where the, well, or during the conversation. So basically from June until December of last year, that's really where the divisiveness came in. Of course, we did a study. We commissioned our local tourism organization to do a study for us after the campaign ended to find out if our visitors cared if marijuana was on Main Street or in Breckenridge. And it turned out that they don't care. It doesn't affect their vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Go figure. I, weird. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about your council members. How? Uh, and again, I'm, I don't want to, you to throw anyone under the bus. Yeah, I'm not trying to say you're that. I'm just talking about. I'm just saying that I feel like there was certain things that stood out to us as a viewer. Like Mike Dudick, if I'm saying his name right, how he, you know, last episode we see that he's voting against it, but he's shopping at the cannabis club. <laughs> I mean, like they show us things like that that are so bizarre. And, and at this episode, I swear, and I'm not even trying to be funny, the first shot of him during mm-hmm. this episode, it looked like he was super high. I know. He looked I, super rugged I, or I, something was happening. I also need to just point out that his major complaint about if if uh bcc stayed on main street would be parking parking come on <laughs> because if, if parking is your biggest issue that people are hanging out in your main street of your downtown then i think that's a good problem to have yeah was is there like did they paint the picture of him accurately yeah that's accurately or or, or is that you or think no just, comment or no fine. comment is fine yeah Oh, so, you know, I've never served on council with Mike. I have known him for many years, but he was on the council previous. 
um, before I was on there. You know, he's very, very passionate and committed to our community and has done so many wonderful, wonderful things for it. I was surprised that he was so adamantly against BCC staying downtown, and that did catch me by surprise. You know, I can't question his reasons or where he was coming from on that. Um, I think him and I just have major differences on marijuana on Main Street. So I, I'm not sure where he was coming from on that, but oh, wow. okay. uh, he was very effective in his campaign. Yeah, well, he, he spent, you know, he was like one of the major... $10,000, yeah. I think, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the exact... Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that... Oh, no, spent money. Contributors over 15K, it says, th- yeah. for the thoughtful marijuana contributions over $15,000. Yeah. 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 yeah, Which so, again was um, crazy because his logo for it was a marijuana leaf, and but, nothing that Brian and Caitlin were trying to do was paint the town with weed, and yeah. he was kind of doing that. I found that interesting as well. It has a nice ring, thoughtful marijuana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. The, the I will say the anti um, marijuana shops on Main Street campaign ad were very mis. They were confusing. To, I think a lot of it was confusing, yeah. and I think on purpose. Almost. Yeah, oh, it's a good campaign, and, well, and I think you'll see that more in episode eight. Oh, Ooh, love it! Can't wait. Um, I did want to touch on, you know, this black market. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know in this episode that you, you know, you say something about this too, to the fact that, um, you know, the bellman at the hotel could go get it and resell to tourists. Mm-hmm. That pretty much like there's probably even though Brian and Caitlin aren't on Main Street right now. Weed's being sold on Main Street probably somewhere. So Yeah, in seven minutes, I really, really believe that. And I felt so convicted about that the entire time. If I'm a shuttle driver for a hotel, don't you think it's easy for me to go to Airport Road, buy $5 joints, and resell them to people at my hotel for 20 bucks a piece? Mm-hmm. It is easy. Right. Granted, it's very, very illegal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, I agree. But and the chances I, of them getting caught are probably slim to none because they're catering to our visitors from out of state that are riding a hotel shuttle. I mean, you know, it's it's going to happen. And I had grave concerns about that and still do just from a safety standpoint. At least when BCC was selling on Main Street, it was in a very controlled environment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. And that was, uh, you know, through the series so far, for me, that was something that I just quite didn't understand. It was Brian and Caitlin were so willing to play by the rules. And I feel like they went above and beyond to try and do that. You know, even when we see back in episode two or three, when, they, you know, Brian's taking the transient off in front yeah. of him, like he's doing stuff right, that right, he's correct. uncomfortable mm-hmm. with just to still, you know, walk the straight and narrow in the eyes of the town so that yeah. he can try and prove to stay. And again, I, I do, you know, I, I do think the campaign in this episode was super naive, but I do think that Brian is a class act. Um, so, I just yeah. Don't, yeah, I just don't think he realized how much work needed to go in the campaign side. I, I think don't he know just, if he didn't. I, 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 I think he, to me, and this could just be, you know, the magic of editing. He just came across as, no, people have supported us all this time. They'll come out and support us now. I don't think he realized. Right. And. And I don't think he realized yeah. that it needed more work, more money, more attention. 
But then again, I think he was spread thin running. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. Yeah. He was super overwhelmed. So, again, in the so way that's that... that's where you hire a consultant and turn it over. Yeah. Right. Or, too, I mean, again, and I really, really like Caitlin, but the way that she's painted is a little bit, too. We see Brian mm-hmm. doing the expansion, trying to do this, talking to Catherine, trying to do this, and she's, like, at the paint shop buying paint with her mom. And for all we know, that could be, like, her one day off that she, True, you know. but, it, but it, it seems like she could be helping Brian more. Just yeah, saying. but I think that she really manages more of, like, the day-to-day operations in the store. Yeah. And they have so many employees. That's a lot to manage. Yeah, no, I, yeah. They, yeah, and I, I just don't think they showed it. I feel, yeah, I feel like they, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The way that she was painted was a little bit that she wasn't helping as much as maybe or, she could. The, see the way, But again, I'm sure yeah. she has. I mean, she put her, herself on the line for her, you know, boyfriend yeah. in order to create this business. So she's super supportive in a lot of ways. Yeah, I took away from it is that she's kind of at the end of her rope and that we're seeing like a year plus of stress and where she's just about to break down is the, the way yes. I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah. Right. And it was you know. just pure exhaustion, you yeah. know, and I, for them, they were traveling between three different communities, oh. um, right. where their grow house was and then where their store in Crested Butte and Breckenridge. And those aren't necessarily close together. I mean, it takes a while to get to each of those places. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm sure. There's so much to do. And and any business, not one that you even have to fight for. You know what I else thought I was really uh really interesting when you talk about, you know, the safety um when they show Sergeant Jim Gerhart when he was saying that, you know, regulating marijuana takes a lot more time and effort on the part of the law enforcement than banning it. Which is a very interesting fact and it's you know in a way, it kind of really pertains to this vote, mm-hmm. I think, because it's a lot easier to not have it on Main Street than to figure out how to have it there effectively so that people are happy, so that the weed owners are happy. You know, it would have, it would have, there would be a lot more discussions if the vote would have went yes. Right. And I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but in episode eight, when you know what really happened, um, And then there's kind of an after, and I do wish CNN would have done a follow-up, because we've had some public safety issues that have happened as a result of those votes, and it's what we refer to in council as unintended consequences. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of, it might even be, we might even do a follow-up episode. I know. uh, Because I, you know, I'm curious about what's going on, you know, because it's been, what the the cameras stopped filming, uh, I'm assuming the end of, of December 2015, um, yeah, it was like January, pretty much. Yeah, yeah December, they, January. They did the full year, so I'd, I'd really like to see where you guys are now, six months later, uh, seven months later now, because it's I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot mm-hmm. has changed. So we just need to go to Breckenridge. I want to physically see what's happening. Well, we, we would love to have you guys, and I'd be happy to serve as a tour guide. Oh, you're the best. Um, some of the other stuff that we see, which kind of doesn't pertain as much, but again, it's just showing the parallels, what's happening, and we see again why Catherine is so involved in this. So she finally tells Brian that she wants to have a grow as well, which again, mm-hmm. I, and I was unaware of that until um, I watched the episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, have no idea. Catherine and I share quite a few mutual friends, and you know, I know her from a social standpoint pretty well and i didn't know that at all (laughs) she plays things really close i know which is like you can't blame her though i mean 
Yeah, she. I mean, she plays things close, and she might have had her own reasons. But in the same sense, if Brian would have teamed up with her and let her run the campaign, I'm convinced that they would have won. I am. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's hard to say. Yeah. But, you know, I did know that Catherine had a um, relationship or business affiliation with Dave and Amy, who you see some in some mm-hmm. of the episodes. Yeah, the Soul Shine, um, the Soul Shine yes, Grove. Yes, and so, which I didn't realize that they had purchased Soul Shine because last we had known some other people owned it. Um, right. I guess Dave and Amy bought it. So I did know that there was some sort of business affiliation there. I just wasn't sure what it was. So I had no idea that there was the growth facility and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, again, we do. That's what Meredith yeah. was saying earlier. I think when we, when maybe uh, you got cut off, mm-hmm. was that we do see that the former owner from Soulshine, Christopher, he got um, oh. caught in oh. Nashville, and they like see. Oh yes, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, what bad press for us. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. He sees like 145. Pounds, I mean, 425 yeah. pounds, pounds of marijuana. marijuana. Like, like 1. what were you 8, thinking? Seven million dollars, dude. I, I do think it's important to note that um, when he owns Soulshine, and even currently, Soulshine doesn't have a retail license. They only have a medical license. Yeah. Oh, so they're not one of our retail stores. So yeah, and, and now when we when we start talking about the black market elements, it seems like. Yeah. Soul Shine was caught well, up in the middle of that. What I loved, and I know that last week we touched on it, I was super excited because I knew we were going to mm-hmm. see a blurred face. Yeah. So I loved talking to Joe, the mm-hmm. you know the blurred bud tender, <laughs> and how he was saying that you know how much he could do. It's like he does thirty pounds a year now, but if he had the medical license, mm-hmm. he could do seventy five pounds per person. But he also said that fifty percent of dispensaries take black market marijuana. So it's still all kind of messed up. Yeah. Oh, yikes. I, d- I don't know about any of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. Well, that's what he said. I don't know how, how backed up in fact that is. So. Well, I mean, I don't right. think they're going to yeah. get people on the show that they don't check. I mean, it's CNN. Yeah. They probably fact check what they allow what people well, say on the show but the, the onus is it's on them saying it so they could be quoting numbers without actually quoting like real figures but that being right, said but dude, the point is yeah. that the black market marijuana is still very strong there well and i wonder if the the fact that you know they had the the issue with not having enough marijuana to sell if if that's where some stores started going under of the table course they had to yeah, yeah gonna- I, I do know for a while that um there was really a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And just not enough supply. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and he, and the, one of the other things that stood out for me for Joe is he said, sometimes I'll put five pounds of weed on my motorcycle and drive to Denver in a suit and tie and sell weed. <sighs> but that's so, it's so yeah. interesting to me too because it's like clearly this whole stigma of weed being for stoners, like that whole thing has changed or it's changing or it needs to change there's something about it that this show again has created the platform to have conversations about it so i feel again we have one more episode which i feel like is going to put a bow on this mm-hmm. show but i feel that yeah what it has the last done, episode is wonderful really wonderful oh, so yes exciting. it's so good so 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 exciting oh. um okay so i know that um it's almost time here to wrap up what is there anything else elizabeth that you would like us to know or is there anything else that you think we might have missed during this episode or the timeline or anything else to share before we wrap up um no i i just think this has been such an important topic for 
our viewers to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some places, they can't imagine that marijuana would be illegal and sold in a store. And in Breckenridge, it has been mainstream for a while through medical, and now that we're on to retail. But you can see it's still such a controversial issue. So I just hope that other communities can look to us and that will help them as they're making their own decisions. I agree 100%. Um, and Elizabeth, is there anything um, you want the people out there to know that you're working on or where the people can follow you if they have questions or anything like that? Oh, sure. I'm not very much an active Twitterer. I only recently learned that. So I don't really know where people can follow me um, besides normal social media. But um, I do, I am working a lot on Airport Road, and you'll see that. Um, some in episode eight coming up, but mostly just um, that we're committed to public safety, and if we're going to have retail marijuana in our community, that it needs to be safe, it needs to be done legally, and it needs to be beneficial for both our residents and visitors. Yeah, I, I and cheers I, to that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also want to, I, w- I want to say thank you for you know opening up on on the show on both episodes in this about how to talk to children about this. I think it's such an important sure. conversation to have, and it'd be great to see some more literature oh. out there. There's actually a bunch of literature on CNN's yeah. website. Oh, good. They have a lot of it up. Yeah, there. they do, and they have good. a little video yeah, on there. Video. And you know, the yeah. state of Colorado is getting really good about starting some um, parenting campaigns. Our local school district has sent out information, and it's really just an important conversation to have, mm-hmm. especially with elementary age children. Right. Yeah. You want to get that out there sooner than later. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for calling, Elizabeth. It was really, really great mm-hmm. to talk with you. And um, I feel like we might have to have another conversation because yeah. you left me in suspense sure. with a lot of things. No. Well, I look forward um, to you guys seeing episode eight again. It's wonderful. And thank you for covering the show and covering Breckenridge. We really appreciate that. No problem. It's been a real pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the favorite shows I've ever covered because it does it. it there's so much commentary and conversation and again, this is something that still, unfortunately, is seen as somewhat of a taboo. So to be able to talk about it and, mm-hmm. and to learn about it and hopefully educate some people about it is really fun for us. So again, but there's so many other layers for sure, especially when you bring in the business aspect of it. And that's right. where I think it's most important. Yes. Right. Um, okay, great. Well, uh, until next week, Meredith, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mplaco. And you guys can keep the conversation going with me on Twitter, Instagram, at IAMStephZ. Again, thank you so much, our special guest, Elizabeth Lawrence, for calling in. And we will see you guys next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.